What's happening traders? Today we're talking about indicators and how they have the ability to change your trading literally overnight because indicators give us the indication of where to get in and where to get out for profits as well as indicate when a stock is dead and the play is dead and we need to take a stop loss. So the problem is there's thousands and thousands of indicators out there. Which ones do you use? And if you don't know which ones to use, you're going to lose a lot of money testing things out, listening to people pitching indicators that could or could not work. But as someone who's been trading for six to seven years, I'm going to tell you my favorite indicators of 2022 as well as how to add them and how to trade them on your charts subscribe like the channel it's all i ask because i'm just trying to out i'm just out here trying to get traders better and this would help the youtube algorithm so again please subscribe please like we're going to start off with the number one indicator i've been using since the inception of my trading which is the bollinger band but i am on tradingview.com which does have thousands and thousands of indicators so we have the built-ins these are basically the favorites you got the advanced decline line you got the volume profile you have candlestick patterns these are the ones that are built in with the system so these ones are probably the ones you're most familiar with they also have community scripts so this is a very cool place to go to test out different ones that you may have never even heard of no one's ever invented the first time ever someone's put this on here and you can use it for free so community scripts are really cool and you have the invite only scripts which are basically the private ones probably the ones that are working the best because they're not letting everyone use it so these indicators are going to be something like the ones i've made for my traders out there called the market mover the mm alert we also have the scalper the trendline alerter these are some of the ones I've created for myself because of a need I needed. So we'll go over the market mover later and how to use it, but we do want to start out with the basics and the favorites, which is first off, the Bollinger Band, or we call it Billinger Band. This is a volatility band. When it's large, it means volatility is high, price movement's going to be high. When it's tiny, like it is over here, we know that price movement is not large, and we know that volatility is not large. During these moments, it is not a great time to get into stuff because during those moments, it's likely to chop, chop you out, be harder to make money. The best times to trade the Bollinger Bands are when they're large because this means we're pushing on one side of it, either the top or the bottom, making them bigger, which means large pullbacks, large runs, as well as great entry points into the trend. So first off, we're going to start talking about the Billinger Band entry points on a trend. And we'll talk about some other ways to trade it later. But the first thing is, if we are trending, what you do see is we're going to push on one side of the Billinger Band. This makes it expand. When you see this happen consistently and you see volume being strong, we're looking to enter on the mid so the mid Bollinger Band is a great place for at least a bounce. We typically see it hit it and bounce. So we see Bitcoin here go from 30K to 38K. That's a 25% bounce in Bitcoin just from a mid Bollinger Band entry point. Next, we will look to enter in the long term for this trend on the bottom Bollinger Band. So we pull back to the mid, sometimes to the bottom. If you do get the bottom, you have to make sure you do not go lower than that first bounce. On that first bounce is key to support for the future because if you get a W bottom, this could lead to another trend. So from here, we see Bitcoin go from 30K to about 60K at the highs. That's a 100% move from a clear entry on the bottom Bollinger Band. So I love 
trading the bone demands, and I love looking at them. Let's also talk about one other scenario. So as we know, when there are large, large movements happen, when the Bollinger Bands get tight, we know that there's likely to be a large move soon, but it's not a great time to be in trading it because there's a lot of chop and there's not much volatility. There's been a couple times Bitcoin is squeezed and we've made a large move. I do want to point out this section here. So the Bollinger Band size was very, very small for Bitcoin here. And once we pushed on the higher Bollinger Band, that is where we had a great entry point for a next run higher. So this went from 60 or 36K all the way up to 70K. So almost a 100% move basically from this breakout from the Bollinger Band squeeze. That's what we call it, a Bollinger Band squeeze. So that's when you have a large band become smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller till you get the breakout. If we go to the past over here, this is a perfect example of what a squeeze should look like. This is where you trend up, trade sideways for so long until you get the Bollinger Bands basically touching. And that's where price action does not move. As you can see there, that tightness led to just a massive rally right out of the gate once we had a candle push to the top. So we pushed to the top at $10,000 for Bitcoin, and then boom, there's $12,000 just a couple days later. So 20% move from an easy Bollinger Band squeeze. So we're big fans of that if you can spot it properly. And the tighter the Bollinger Bands, the larger move we're going to have. It's basically like a spring being squeezed. We know it's going to break out and have a large move because it has a lot of momentum built up. So it's just being sprung up. We can see it happen over here in the past. Um, tons of Bollinger Band squeezes at the literal bottom on Bitcoin. So $3,000, we have a squeeze here. We have a squeeze, you know, this is the tightest Bollinger Band width I see on the chart. So again, we're using this for squeezes. We're using this for entry points in the trend. You know, look at this, look at this uptrend here. So where do we pull back to the bottom? Where do we pull back to the mid? Where do we pull back to the bottom? Where do we pull back to the mid? Where do we pull back to the bottom? So if you're in a great trend, great entry points. We all have a hard time scaling out though. So make sure you're not just buying and praying. You have to have an exit plan. And if you're thinking about an exit plan, um, typically a top Bollinger Band touch is a great place to get out of most place. So we see here many times, this time is the one anomaly. If you bought at the mid, you know, we touched the mid here, great run up to the top Bollinger Band. You bought at the bottom, great run up to the top. These are our profit-taking zones right here. And only once did we touch the top band and move through it. So we, this is, these are great places to take profit because they have a high likelihood chance of rejecting. So right here, um, rejection. You know, buy at the mid, sell at the top. Buy at the bottom, sell at the top. So we see that being a very common tradable range is the Bollinger Band top to bottom move. This could be an uptrend, downtrend, sideways market. If you're playing the bottom and tops of the bands, um, these are higher likelihood chances of reversing. So here we are, bottom touch, all the way up here, bottom touch, top touch. Top touch, you know, where do we come to the bottom? Top touch, I would say bottom touch might be over here. Not much of a difference, but you're getting the gist. So we're using the Bollinger Bands to trade off of. You know, if we hit the top, hit the bottom, we're using them to trade the trend. 
We're looking for entry points in the middle, and we're also using them for the squeeze. The squeeze is a beautiful place to get in. Look at that beautiful squeeze there. Tons of selling after. So that's one of my top indicators, just Bollinger Bands. So we're going to take that down, and we're going to move on to the most recent indicator I've utilized in my trading, which is the Ripsta Cloud. So that is uh, something I don't own, someone that is on Twitter made this, and this is something I recently started using with all my traders inside my trading group. If you want to join us seven days for free, hit the link below. But first off, the Ripster Cloud has a bunch of EMA Cloud bands. So these are two EMAs that are, if we pull it up, the inputs here, we have EMA1, EMA2. These are eight and nine. So we're taking the difference between those and creating Cloud 1, and then we have 5 and 13. The difference in those lines creates cloud two. Cloud two is the green one. And then 34 and 50 is cloud blue, which is cloud three, so on and so forth. So these help us gauge trends. So if we see a blue cloud and a green cloud, I tell all my traders, great short-term momentum trends. So blue and green, as we can see at the bottom here, I initiated a great long-term bullish trend and i look to sell things on the red and yellow so if i was buying bitcoin at three thousand nine hundred dollars i would not have sold it not have sold it until here which is at ten thousand so it's a hundred percent more than a hundred percent return because red and yellow so you know if you shorted bitcoin here at 10k you would have got out not even there not even there we're looking for the blue cloud. Here's the blue cloud. So green and blue. So you're getting out about 8000 So you shorted it down. That's a $2,000 gain. Over here, you pick it back up because we have blue and green. And then the blue and green clouds blue and green clouds lead us over here until um, they turn yellow and red. So it's a pretty sideways move. But you can see um, short term, if you ever get a red cloud, that's when momentum short term shifted. Um, red and yellow is where it's long-term shifting, long-term trending, but I only use basically those two. So I'm going to show you those two clouds real quick and show you why they're so important. You can see here, um, the other clouds are slower. They're more for support. They don't really do that much for me on my short-term trading basis, but the red cloud is important. You know, that's the initial shift that could be the literal top in the market. And the green cloud is that initial shift, the literal bottom. So whenever we see the red and green shift, um, that's when I start scaling out. That's when I start shifting positions. But once I see the yellow and blue shift, that's where it's a long-term possible move. That's where I don't want to touch it. So I don't want to touch that asset. If it's yellow, I want to make sure I get a blue cloud before long-term investing. So you can see here, you know, look at this great blue cloud run from 7K all the way up to 12K again, so almost 100% return. Um, here, we haven't turned yellow, haven't turned yellow, still haven't turned yellow. Um, this is 4K, or sorry, 7K all the way up to 42. And again, haven't turned yellow, haven't turned yellow, all the way up to here. So 7K to 54, one of the greatest blue cloud holds, period, on Bitcoin. And if you were following the red clouds, you know, you'd been basically getting chopped out on all these pullbacks. So these would have basically just took you out of the position, but the blue cloud would have kept you in if you're riding the long term. So hopefully that makes sense. Uh, red is red, green clouds are short term switches. The blue clouds a nice long term hold. Um, if you're trading, if you're scalping, I do like to use those um, blue and reds, or sorry, green and red clouds. So those are my initial momentum flips. But the long term holds my 
investments in the 401k. I do like to use the blue and yellows to know when to go to cash, when to hold full stock. So this is basically what the Ripster Cloud is, how I use it. It's been a game changer for me trading. And for most of the beginners out there, you know, if you're buying things with a red cloud, you're buying calls, you know, you're buying calls on a red cloud, you're going to get pummeled. For the most part, I've been doing this. I've been making mistakes. When I started shifting that action of not buying calls or not going bullish when the red cloud is there, it saved me a lot of money. And then again, you know, not going completely bullish until I get the blue and green. Blue and green is key. Um, Blue and red is chopping and then yellow and green is chopping. So you want to make sure you have two bullish confirmation clouds before really um, holding a lot of position long. Uh, if you're scalping, you know, with a green cloud is great for the short term, but not for like a long term move. You could see here, just very choppy. It's very choppy until you get two confirmation clouds. But let's pull up the clouds one more time and just show you what all of them look like together um, and show you why we don't really use the other two clouds. These are the four and five, I believe. Um, you can see they're great for uptrends and downtrends, but these clouds here get chopped through a lot. So we pulled back here, we pulled back here to the turquoise one, we pulled back to the orange one here, orange one here. So those have been great for support, but they aren't really places I look to enter and exit off of. Look at all this chop here. You know, those weren't really meaningful ever. So we go over here, you know, still not meaningful. This one never gets touched. This one never gets touched. Um, those ones are completely chopping through. Um, over here, you know, it rejected it, but it went above, rejected it, went above. Um, so they're just not that meaningful for me. So I want to show you one more trick and then move on to the very next indicator. Uh, the cloud pullback range. So if you got an uptrend and you do want to nail a great pullback on an uptrend, an entry point on an uptrend, I do like to nail my entry points on the blue. So if we have a bullish run, green, blue, I like to get in on the blue support. So if we support blue, that's where I like to get in for the next leg. Just like the Bollinger Band, that's probably considered like the bottom Bollinger Band entry point. And then we have here, you know, blue, pull back to the blue, great support. Again, pull back to the group, blue, great support. At some point, once you go through it, that's where I start getting nervous. Um, but again, the entry point, if you missed everything, is going to be typically the slower cloud, the yellow, and the blue. Here's a great entry on the yellow, and then we pass it there. So yellow and blue, favorite places to get in if I've missed the trend. And the green cloud, um, great for directional flips. You know, if it goes red and green, really good indication of what's going to happen very soon. And I, I, do, I do not like to play against it. It's burned me a lot. So next indicator, another famous one, the MACD. Uh, the MACD is probably one of the more exciting indicators uh, to traders. This is the one they hear about the most. I see a lot of people trading MACD um, even to this day. So a lot of new traders in my group getting started out, they still keep the MACD on. So we're going to make the MACD larger. This is a basically two EMAs again. So you, if you double click this, you can see the settings. You have a fast and slow EMA, a 12 and 26. So it's the same thing. Every indicator is based off price. It's basically a moving average. At the end of the day, we're just showing it in different ways. That's more appealing and more visual for us to see um, entry points. So 
The MACD's got a lot going on. We have a histogram here. We have EMAs running and crossing, and there's a couple ways to play it. And this is exactly these moving averages, 12 and 26. You could apply them for a ripster cloud and have a cloud up here showing the same, same exact thing. Uh, but having it down here is also helpful. So let, let me show you one thing we use for the MACD. So this is the zero line cross. So if you cross the zero line, which is the middle of the histogram, if price action goes underneath that, that does mean it's going to be a bearish run. So we do look towards this one right here for the zero line cross. So the zero line cross happens there, happens there. Uh, we actually popped in the short term, but then sold off for a nice downtrend. So now, you know, we're bearish. We're looking to ride this lower, but we're wondering when to get out. So you can do the same exact thing. Zero line cross higher does mean this is going bullish. So we'd see it go cross over the zero line here. So you would have sold your position at a great profit and now entered for some calls for some bullish position. And then we go again till we cross the zero line, which is over here. So over here, it's slightly higher. Nothing crazy, nothing crazy exciting. But this zero line is one thing they'll gauge. Um, traders will say, hey, if it's below this zero line, I don't want to buy calls, period. You know, it's not a good likelihood chance of me winning. If it's above the zero line, I don't want to buy puts. I only want to look for bullish positions. So the other way you can use this indicator is the MACD cross. And the cross is where the moving averages go and cross each other. So if we're sloping down, think about this like a ripster cloud. Um, this could be like a red cloud. If we flip the cloud color or flip the moving averages, now it's going to be a bullish cross. We're going to have the fast above. The fast above is considered bullish. And now we look to play the play some calls, play the bounce maybe. This actually crosses over here, and we do not get a major rally. We actually just go slightly higher and then fail hard. So we come back down to basically stopping out levels, and then we cross again. So cross bearish, cross bullish, cross bearish, cross bullish. So I'm not a big fan of the crosses um, unless the distance between them is large. Um, you can see there's a larger distance here, larger distance here, but I'm looking for something like on the weekly. So let me show you a better cross, a better example. On the weekly chart, you're not going to get many crosses because it's a higher time frame, not that many candles, but it's going to give you better likelihood chances of finding entry points. So where does Bitcoin cross here? So we see a cross right around the top on Bitcoin. So 57K cross and then back down to 34. So it's almost a 50% drop. And that was a clear signal. No other crosses happened before that. And it was a perfect entry point to get out, buy some puts, get bearish. And then over here, same exact thing. The bottom on Bitcoin was indicated by the MACD, and then boom, we ran 100% on Bitcoin. Yet again, what's happening here? We have a MACD cross, so bearish again on Bitcoin. The problem is we are not making higher highs, so the price of Bitcoin is not going higher. We are not making highs on the indicator, and that's something I want to talk about. So the MACD can offer the opportunity to play the cross, to play the zero line, move lower to play 
divergence. So divergence is something we'll talk about on my personal indicator, but right here on Bitcoin, we have a massive low on the indicator. Think about this like the strength. If this was strong, if this was a real strong move in Bitcoin, the indicator would have made a new high over the previous high on Bitcoin. So here's the previous high here, and here's the previous high in price action, and then here's the new high. So we made a new high, which we're wondering if we should trust it. And if you're wondering if you should trust it, again, look to see if the indicator is making another high. If it is, we should validate the move. We should get excited about further action, but it's not. So we're failing at all-time highs. We're failing at a new high, and the indicator is showing us massive weakness. So that divergence told me Bitcoin likely was going to fail there. Every single indicator showed it. Same thing. You can do that for the bottoms in the stock. But like I showed you, we flipped from the weekly from the daily to the weekly on the MACD, and now we have a lot cleaner signals. So if you're getting too many signals trading, try using a different time frame. Um, that goes for everything, really. Candlesticks, that goes for my indicator, um, that goes for a lot of things. So here is uh, some more crosses, a lot of confusing ones. I do want to show you, you know, the downtrend here on Bitcoin. We had a clear cross right here. And that was, again, the literal bottom on Bitcoin at $3,370. And then over here was the literal top. So a higher time frame will produce less false signals, more trustable signals, which is the goal. And if you're looking to know if this is diverting, um, again, just check the humps. <laughs> if uh, the humps are showing a higher low, a lower high, uh, we know that could be weak. So we always want the indicator to go with price action. If it's if it's not going and price action is doing something different, uh, we are going to get nervous. So here's one example of possible divergence. Um, this indicator is going up. I'll show you this here. It's going up dramatically. So the indicator is going higher while price action is going flat. So price action is staying the same here. We aren't making a new low and the indicator is making a new high. So this is called exaggerated divergence. It's when the price action doesn't move and the indicator keeps going higher and higher and higher that's bullish. If it's the opposite, it would be price actions at the highs and the indicator is going lower and lower and lower. That's when we saw a major rally in Bitcoin on that $200 move to uh, 1,000. So 5X and over here we see 5,000. So just insane, almost 20, 20, per, 20 times return on your money um, just from an excellent MACD cross there, MACD cross and divergence. So again, MACD is a powerful indicator. I might start adding it on my charts again, and it's been great. It's been great if you can understand how to use it. So that's the MACD. We're going to add one more indicator here, which is going to be my personal indicator, and we're going to show you why it's better than RSI. So this is the market mover indicator. It's free to all the members. The uh, reason I'm putting this up is because the members are watching this video too, and they might be curious on how to use it. And if you are willing to join us seven days for free, you do get access to this after the seven days, and then boom, you can try it out, see how it goes. But just like MACD, this does produce a lot of divergent readings, which help us know tops and bottoms. And it does actually give us more 
than the MACD. So MACD actually failed a lot of times where uh, my indicator gave a lot more cleaner readings. So right here, uh, we did see the market make a lower low. So we consider this a lower low from the previous level. And the indicator made a higher low. Um, the MACD did not produce this bullish divergence from the last chart I was showing you. So this was a great entry point on Bitcoin. More conviction on this for a long-term run, long-term bottom. Same thing here. So a lot of price action sideways over here. And what we see is just a major MACD, or sorry, market mover run higher. So even though the price action is not going anywhere, if the indicator starts running in one direction, we know there's a lot of weakness leaving the market or coming into the market. Uh, the bears and bulls are just not doing it there. And you can see a lot of stuff at the highs, very obvious. And we'll just keep moving over, just showing you. But the indicator in general is like RSI. So you're going to see a lot of cool things on here, like some sell signals. So selling and buy signals. We have a couple over here that were really meaningful. Uh, sell signal on Bitcoin. And this is a 30, 40% drop. Over here, we see a buy signal on Bitcoin. We're going to see a almost 100% run since that signal there. And the buy signals don't happen often. I do want to point out that the sell signals happen all the time. Everybody using RSI, everybody using any indicators that tell you when to sell um, are going to get chopped out a lot. This is because the market goes up over time. There's a lot of money coming in late that can push it even further. There's a lot of people that need to stay invested. So unfortunately, sell signals never react accordingly. So the only way to play sell signals correctly is to use divergence. And divergence will tell us when the actual top comes in. So let's check out Bitcoin on the daily. And let's see if we could have plotted a top, you know, a faster top that would have told us this thing was coming down. So over here, the most recent top, you can see, I scroll up, the double top at 72,000. That was exciting. I wish that held. We made a higher high, which is signal of strength, and the indicator makes a dramatic lower high. So that tells us that wasn't trusted. You know, we shouldn't be holding. Over here, pretty simple. So much divergence was in Bitcoin. Um, I was so nervous holding my Bitcoin during this time. And I wish I sell, I wish I sold because I never listened to my indicator. Um, sometimes I let it go and I just keep holding things and I regret it later. So the problem is, you know, the computers are unemotional. Computers don't listen to the news and the computers give us great readings for entry points and signals to sell. So if we just disobey them all the time, we pay for it. And I've had that problem a lot. So we see a lot of divergence on Bitcoin here here and then the last hugely divergent signal here and this indicator is showing it for you so you don't have to do it personally but this does produce the final sell-off on bitcoin that ends this 60k top so 60k down to 30k 50 percent drop was just scary and that was just tons of divergence we had like months of divergence coming in but you can see at the bottom here the indicator gives us a ton of great buying signals as well so this is considered hidden bullish divergence so what we see is that the stock makes a higher high for the bottom so the bottom of this move is higher than the previous bottom this is a higher high and 
or a higher low, however you want to say it. The indicator makes a lower low. So basically, the sellers spent all their marbles and they couldn't push it down because they basically used all their momentum. And this is shown by the indicator. Too much momentum went in and price didn't go that far down. When it makes that lower low and the indicator does not go as low as the previous low, you know, it should have went down here or even lower. That tells us it's a great entry point for the next leg up. So we always want to get in with momentum and that hidden divergence is make or break sometimes. I've been trading it a lot more. I've been looking at it a lot more. I think hidden divergence is my favorite compared to regular divergence. Hidden divergence gives us entry points into the trend while regular divergence helps us reverse the trend. And that's very hard to reverse trends and it's costly as an options trader to wait around while the trend reverses. What we have to look for nowadays are these things, which is an excellent higher low. That's an excellent higher low. And the indicator here makes an aggressive lower low. So tons of lower lows, tons of higher lows here, and then an excellent entry point for this rally. So that's something I'm playing more often nowadays, and it's more apparent in my market mover indicator. But you can do this on RSI, the same exact thing. Um, but I did program this one to give better single signals over RSI. Um, RSI has just not been great for me long term. And this has been really game changing. It's the only indicator I have on the bottom portion of my screen typically.